Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse, and I'm Eric. And today we're reading short and deep, Awakening of the Bake, by Naomi M. Haldane. Uh, she gets a married name that's a little more famous, I guess, later. Um, how, what what is her married name? Naomi Mitchison. Mitchison, and that's how you encountered her. I had never heard of this person until you started telling me about a book you were reading. Yeah, well, she's she's quite good. Um, what astounds me about what we're talking about today, Awakening of the Backy, which is uh, is that she's a child here, eighteen I mean, years old. Just, yeah, it's amazing. Um, she. Uh, She's from quite an extraordinary family. Um, she turns out to be. She's got, come down to us as a uh, as a uh, as a writer. Uh, I was reading a book called "This Is How You Lose the Time War," um, which is a dense book uh, that at first put me off, but ultimately. Uh, I think truly, deeply, richly repays slow attention. It needs to be read as a poem um, in a lot of ways. It's a science fiction novel mm-hmm. about time travel. And the characters in this um, travel up and down different threads of time and try to forestall each other's effectiveness in different threads of time. But we learn that in every thread of time, in every one, one thing, this is, it's the only thing that gets mentioned in all of these different threads, one thing that they always encounter is a book called uh, Travel Light by Naomi Mitchison. Mm-hmm. And so I went out and I read it, and I think it is, in fact, an extraordinary novel, a short. I'll, I'll plug it just so that people will know that Mitchison shouldn't be judged just by this juvenile poem. And it's only juvenile because she's young when she published it. A very, very intelligent family, mostly known for its scientists. Uh, her older brother, J.B.S. Haldane, became perhaps the greatest crystallographer of his age and also an historian of science. But while she's still 15 years old, she and he do an experiment together which they jointly publish. And it turns out to be the very first scientific study demonstrating that Mendelian genetics, which had previously been shown to work only in the vegetable kingdom, famously peas, also works in the animal kingdom. It's really a pioneering work. Mm -hmm. She's not known for that at all. I mean, that's just something she did as a teenager. She's quite and quite an an extraordinary person. The poem we have today, Awakening of the Back Eye, she's still what's called a home student, which meant not that she was homeschooled. At this point, she's already a student at Oxford, but she's not registered in one of the women's colleges. And so she's an Oxford student, but she studies at home because she's not allowed to live in in the college yeah. uh, since she's got that terrible defect of being female yep um that, that, that horrible defect of two x chromosomes instead of just the one 
Um, I I was very impressed in reading her Wikipedia entry and and looking at her ISFDB entry as well because I'd never heard of her. Um, but I can tell you that usually when I find a really good book and it's talking about another book, that's a sign that I should go just like you did and get that original book because there's something about great authors referencing other great authors. <laughs> You know, really good uh, story writer talks about another story. Turns out that that story's real. That's probably a story you should read because it obviously inspired them enough to put it in something else. Um, I, I will point out that uh, this, uh, the book that we got this out of is called Oxford Poetry 1915. It's an annual volume of undergraduate uh, poetry. Um, in the same volume is a poem by a guy who would also make himself pretty famous, named J.R.R. Tolkien. It's a poem called Goblin Feet. Um, th- what's funny is they're not really connected, um, but they both have that Oxford education, a classical education. And so, well, um, both of them love the countryside. <laughs> um, they love it in different ways. And the way Naomi loves the countryside is a, a lot more wild than the way uh, Tolkien does. Which, again, I think may come back to the fact that she, uh, she, she grew up in an environment that, that granted autonomy and intellectual respect to females, but in a world that does not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Baki. Shall we read the poem? Please. Awakening of the Baki. Oh, I'll let you read it. I'm just clarifying the title. We were asleep in sleepy fields, in summer-scented fields of hay, or where that heavy oak copse shields pale bracken from the light of day. We were asleep and dreaming endlessly, no breath of May or June us from our dreams could sever. Dreams like long furrows in a crested sea, we were asleep, but now are awake forever. And as we woke, we saw the stars stream overhead across the night till all the east was streaked with bars of swiftly growing milky light And when the dawn had swept across the sky and past all hoping and past all endeavor, we felt new life at every pulse beat cry. We were asleep, but now are awake forever. So it was no wise strange to see when we leaped up the dappled skin, the thyrsus twining wondrously, the wine we steeped our faces in. We felt the bull's breath burning on our brows, the branding god mark that will leave us never strong in the wisdom which that touch endows. We were asleep, but now are awake forever. So, uh, first reading, it's pretty hard to understand what's going on, is my first reaction. Second reading, I'm starting to get this. Third reading, I'm pretty close to, I think, an understanding of it. But there's some classical references uh, right in the title and uh, throughout that I think are important. But before we we talk about those, I just want to point out that each of the three stanzas ends the same way. We were asleep, but now are awake forever. 
Um, so, uh, should we talk about the back eye and then uh, what a thyrsus is and that sort of thing? Sure. Go All for right. it. All right. So, there's this god. His name is Bacchus. <laughs> He's the god of wine uh, in a certain sense. He's the god of parties. Um, and he has a long backstory, which, uh, like all the Greek gods, very, and Roman gods too, have, you know, complicated and terrible, uh, implications for them and their followers. Um, but the Bacchae themselves are the female followers of Bacchus, and they have a certain symbol, which is called the Thyrsus, which is basically a wand or a staff uh, surmounted by what looks like an acorn, but I think is not an acorn, uh, or maybe it's a pine cone, but it's not a pine cone. And hanging from it are uh, perhaps grapes or other plant materials. So it looks a little bit like uh, the medical symbol with a stick with a snake, but instead of snakes, it's, um, it's plants. Um, so there's an association with... Um, alcohol because this stick may be used for mixing of wine in in cups um it also is a symbol for the male member and the cup is a symbol for the female member or the lack of member <laughs> and um in the stories of the bacche there is a, a kind of divine dancing and partying and noise making that culminates in a horrible scene, perhaps <laughs> from some person's point of view, of a bull being torn apart by the Bacchae's hands, female hands attacking a, a male animal, um, and then consuming its flesh raw. Um, so um, and in some and in some versions, it is in fact the son of the leader of the Bacchae. Indeed, Bacchus himself um, is sometimes consumed by his own. Uh, it, I mean, it's these are mythological, legendary uh, stories, and you know, presented in works of art and in and vases, especially uh, ones that are containing uh, alcohol. Uh, or for mixing mm -hmm. alcohol. So we don't have uh, the full understanding, but this is not a poem of sedate countryside enjoyment. It's not a romantic, let's go for a walk and I held your hand. It's it's more like the power of women and the power of uh, wine upon women and partying all night. So I, I it's see. It's not just point. I, 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 yeah, may, I, uh, it's I, a very specific kind of party. There, there is a, there, right, which we have the word for. It's called a bacchanal. Indeed, right. Um, I mean, it's 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 a frenzied party. Yes, there is something out of your mind. Indeed, um, a whirling the, dervish the, kind of party. The Greek the Greek word that we use now, enthusiasm, means the god has entered into you. Yes. Enthusiasm is something that's wild. You are possessed, and that's what goes on. In, in Euripides, at the end, the, those women, the Bacchantes, um, realize that in their madness, they have, in fact, dismembered someone dear to them. Mm -hmm. um, this is 
among the ancient Greeks, this was something fearful. But I think Naomi Haldane is embracing it. Yeah, she is. She is using it as uh, the way I see it. She is using it as the metaphor is is before we were awake. Before we were actually awake, we were asleep. Now they're asleep in daytime, right? We were asleep in the sleepy fields, in summer-scented fields of hay. I see this as daytime, and then it continues and sort of proves it. Or where the heavy oak copse shields pale bracken from the light of day. We were asleep and dreaming endlessly. So, under a delusion about who and what we were, is a way of reading it. No breath of May or June us from our dreams could sever. So the grammar here is a little bit backwards, or actually backwards. Um, No breath of May or June us from our dreams could sever. Dreams like, uh, this is the most beautiful line, I think, dreams like long furrows in a crested sea. So this is turning the, the farmland into the ocean, which is, they're opposites, but it's, that allows the switch. We were asleep, but now are awake forever. And in this, so I I think you could read this as the first stanza is the past, the second stanza is the present, and the third stanza is what the future will hold, in a certain sense, or at least a recon a recalling of how this came to be. I think that's so. I, I, I'd point out the, the 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 way in which the language is used here. Um, is is quite potent. Going back to your quotation of the very opening, we were asleep in sleepy fields. Well, fields can't be sleepy. That's right. right? That's a personification. So what it means, we were asleep in sleepy fields, is telling us that the speakers were not self-aware. That's right. They, They lived in a natural world that was not, and, and and were not aware they were they were part of nature in summer scented fields of hay or where that heavy oak copse shields pale bracken from the light of day we were asleep and dreaming endlessly right i mean in those places that look like a a moment out of time when Everything is fecund when everything is waiting, when nothing is under attack. Um, that pale bracken, you know, those, those large ferns that are held within the, uh, the, the, the stand of oak trees. Nothing is moving. Nothing is breathing. We were asleep and dreaming endlessly. They were nature. Mm-hmm. They were nothing but nature. Right? But... But they awakened. Mm-hmm. So what wakens them? It doesn't say. My guess is uh, that it does have to do not with wine, but with uh, recognition of their own capacities. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally, one would have said sexuality, mm-hmm. and that makes sense because we have all this nature imagery. But knowing that it is, in fact, a poem that was published in an Oxford literary journal, uh, by a woman, I think it's not only an awakening of sexual capabilities, but given the gorgeousness 
the artistry of this poem, it's her intellectual abilities mm-hmm. as well. And it's not just herself. I mean, she's speaking for a group. Yep. And the group are the Bacchae, and the Bacchae are women, right? So then, as you say, the past. There she, they were just in, in nature, no breath of May or June. It's not a moment. It's, it's a season. It's the whole, right? That's the past. But we, as we woke, we saw the stars. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. This, the pale bracken had been shielded from the light of day. That's the first use of light imagery. Light is imagery, sight imagery, is traditionally, in every culture, associated with intellect. But the pale bracken, the, the greenery down among the tall oaks, the greenery was protected from the light of day. But as we woke, we saw the stars. So suddenly, now that it's nighttime, and they are not in this protected place, they themselves can have an intellectual awakening. And that intellectual awakening, in fact, is a female awakening because it streams overhead across the night, right, till the east was streaked with bars of swiftly growing milky light. Mm. It's the Milky Way, but only women can give milk. Only females can Mm -hmm. give milk, not males. So... When that swept across the sky, right, past hoping, hoping, past endeavor, right, we don't have to wait for someone else to make it for us. We felt new life at every pulse beat cry. And it could be sexuality, but it's not necessarily. It can be the intellect. We were asleep, but now we're awake forever. And so they leaped up. Now they take agency. The dappled skin can in fact be a reference to the bull they dismember or mm-hmm. whatever. The thyrsus comes along um, both to, to kill and to, to, uh, to, to confer the god's power, which the women channel. The wine we steeped our faces in, they're washing in the wine, mm-hmm. not imbibing it. And right? it could be blood there too. Perfect. Perfect. So that becomes the branding of the God mark. And they are forever marked by the wine on their faces, the blood of the bull that they sacrifice. So now they are strong in the wisdom which that touch endows. The wisdom that comes from being able themselves to destroy now that they have seen the light. Hence that very same last line, we were asleep but now are awake forever. Mm-hmm is so much more powerful than when we read it at the end of the first stanza. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love that the last stanza starts with, so it was no wise strange to see. That's a bit strange way of putting it, no wise. Um, mm. And then it ends with strong in wisdom, which, which that touch mm. endows. So if it was no wise strange to see, that means it was plain to see in a certain sense you don't have to be brilliant to understand it you don't have to be um a genius to understand it what you have to be is understanding it's it's natural right and what i love is if we go back to the second stanza it it is it turns the first stanza is day and the second stanza is night and then the last stanza is the result 
of that. But the second stanza is, you know, uh, this is sort of a, a crude way of putting it, but the sun is male and the moon is female. It's just traditional belief, right? The day and light mm-hmm. is male and the night and uh, evening and the stars are female. Darkness and light, right? But in that light, we actually see, I think, not just this femaleness of the milky light, which I assumed was the Milky Way as well, but we see the stars moving. And and as we woke, we saw the stars stream overhead across the night. So star streaming is a real thing, kind of. It's the spinning of the Earth and the star field seeming to move. And the stream is uh, for liquid, which we will see in a minute. Till all the east was streaked with bars. Now that image to me, it's... uh, Maybe I'm strange, but I like H.P. Lovecraft, uh, who also wrote about this very phenomena of the power of wine. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of uh, night photography. And one of the first things you can do if you start photographing at night is just set up your camera and let the aperture open. Just expose it. And as you will see, the Earth turn, the stars that are fixed points become lines moving across the sky. Actually, arcs. Arcs, indeed. Um, Bars, in a certain sense. But that bars, um, it, it can also be a prison. So I'm a little unclear on what she means here, but I I think it's rich. I'll just read that sentence again. And as we woke, we saw the stars stream overhead across the night till all the east was streaked with bars of swiftly growing milky light. So I was thinking it's possible that this is... uh, The the Bacchae are kind of a strange phenomenon because they're wild... But they're also virginal. So if you're producing milk, it's usually because there's a, a baby coming forth. And at, in attacking the bull, um, in tearing it apart, they're attacking the male. And, you know, it, it's it's just it's a, it's a power thing here, I think, is what's going on. But I don't quite understand. What do you think about that? Till all the east was streaked with bars of swiftly growing milky light. Do you have a better read on that than I? Well, I don't know if it's if it's better, uh, but <clears throat> the 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 fifth line, the one after the one that says swiftly growing milky light says and when the dawn had swept across the sky. Since it says till all the east was streaked with bars, I think we're supposed to recognize that they awoke and saw the stars. It had been night. And then as they watch, the night progresses, but that also means inevitably the dawn comes. And so what we're seeing, I would suppose, is first the stars, then a bar of stars, the Milky Way, Mm -hmm. and then successively other kinds of light paralleling the horizon as the Earth turns and in the east, we're getting more and more light, so that this movement is one that hmm. doesn't um, it doesn't cage the women. It in fact allows them 
to be um, empowered now in the day. Mm. Because in the first stanza, mm -hmm. um, it had been day, but they were asleep in sleepy fields, and they were inside the uh, the cops, um, the oak cops in the pale bracken. They were protected from the light of day. Now, having seen the stars, they can see the light of day. So I think those bars, if if they are bars in the the, the sense that you mean of a, a steel bar, mm -hmm. they are more protective than they are confining. Mm. They are now filled with the power. Um, and indeed, if you look at the bars that way, they're echoed in the shape of the thyrsus. Yep. It's a, I, I think it's really well done. I, I don't know how she did it exactly. But what, what I see here is it is kind of a, uh, we are asleep. We are in the domestic sphere. We thought this is our place. Um, but once woken, we can see we're open to a place. Because at the end, the sun does come up again. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to sleep like they slept in the older days. They can be more powerful. This is a time period, you know, when women were really, I mean, we talk about the 70s as sort of the feminism movement. Not not, not really, not compared to back, the, you know, 100 years before when people were really, I mean, they were going to prison over voting rights and mm -hmm. being forced. Uh, that was, it was a monstrous time for for, you know, men repressing women and trying to keep, keep them out of the public sphere. Um, so uh, I, I, reading it that way, I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful analogy um, and very powerful. She makes I a agree. very persuasive case. <laughs> uh, the, the choice of individual words, like, like the, the milky light, um, mm -hmm. the choice of words is pointed in ways that are admirable. Uh, one could easily imagine three stanzas in which someone is sleepy, then they open their eyes and mm -hmm. see what's around them, and then they sort of pull themselves up to their feet. But that's not what happens here. No. So the third stanza begins, so it was no wise strange to see, again, that intellectual, you know, the light. Mm -hmm. So it was no wise strange to see when we leapt up the dappled skin, the thyrsus twining wondrously, the wine we steeped our faces in. They don't have to wash their faces in order to be able to get fully awake. They come up fully awake mm. and then are able to take on the extra potency that comes with the wine or the sacrificial blood of the bull, if you like. Mm -hmm. This is a strong, strong statement. This is a, I love that. It's a statement for women. I mean, it's who's the we? It can't. It's nobody but women. You're right about with that title, Awakening of the Bacchae. You're right about the word choice because the next line, we felt the bull's breath burning on our brows. B b b b is nice, but more importantly, the brow is the symbol of the intellect, right? Mm -hmm. That's, uh, the a Athena wears a a uh, helmet above her head to show that she's like doubly intellectual. It, it, there's a kind of it, armor there 
but it it's it's a wisdom above and so when the bull's breath that's the male breath burning on our brows this is literally could be a scene from the uh, street protests where women are advocating for their right for the franchise have policemen and others literally standing in front of them breath upon their faces given that their women are slightly shorter it's not a nothing here the bull's breath the branding god mark that will leave us never um i i, I noticed two things about that mm. uh, one notice that it's one doesn't hear it but you and i see it it's bulls s apostrophe mm. It's not just one bull that mm-hmm. collectively they are they are tearing down. Mm-hmm. Every woman is capable of tearing down the bull that she confronts. Mm. This is even more powerful than Euripides. You're right. Um, Look at that. And, and the second is the branding god mark. I don't I don't know how what how branding was done once upon a time, but assuming that branding was always done with some hot implement mm-hmm. um the person doing the branding needs to be able to hold on to that mm-hmm. and that means it needs to be long now i think of you know an iron brand that gets mm-hmm. used for cattle as bulls right mm-hmm. an iron brand where one end of it is heated in the fire mm-hmm the other end is in your hand. Well, the light of the sky, the light of the stars, the light that these women are now into, like the thyrsus, is a long thing, hot at one end. Mm-hmm. Right? The branding god mark that will leave us never. I can't help but think that in one way they are marked by the god, mm-hmm. but in another way they can now mark they are the ones who can m- manipulate the heat now that they have already seen the light. Th- that word brand, it, it could have just been you know, the mark of the God. We'd have gotten the same number of syllables. But by using the word brand, which is crucial, um, it, it, it's prominent because, as you said, we have all that alliteration of the bull's breath burning our brows. Mm-hmm. Then the brand goes with the bull's breath burning our brows. And it's if that's the God, if the bull is the metonym for the God, then they are going to tear apart, apart that very God and arise even more powerful. And they arise strong in wisdom. That, that, that yes. touch, the branding mark, gives them endows um it is uh i mean it can be read as uh you know sexual awakening i think that's a way of reading it um uh, probably not one she's not aware of uh, not unaware of but i think that given the given the context and given who and you know what we know about her i think it is probably best read as much more intellectual than just, you know, uh, sexual awakening and I went to a party. <laughs> it seems like it, it is it is something, you know, the the back guy is a the the store their story is one that stands out in ancient Greek literature because it's a story of powerful women. Most of the time women are subject, not object. They are 
the the thing to be you know sought after helen doesn't play an active role in the story cassandra is ignored right it's kind mm-hmm. of um opposite kind of story and so her latching onto this um specifically i think is um you know what did what did the the back a learn in their in their revels what did they learn some wisdom and uh she definitely in, learned but about in euripides them. it's it's in euripides it's a, it's a wisdom that when they become sober they realize is terrible right whereas in holdane or mitchison it's not it's powerful yep she has shown us that uh, even with a well understood and well received story like the one that Euripides hands down to us and, and the other versions of that for someone smart enough there's always more to say thanks very much for listening and remember you can always freely access the materials discussed on these podcasts by going to sffaudio.com and clicking on the link for reading short and deep If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash SFF audio.